Today's episode is There's No Such Thing as Good and Evil Revisited. Welcome to the Anahata Singularity. Okay, I think it might be a little necessary to revisit the good versus evil thing from episode two. That's where I made the argument that the notion of good and evil is nothing more than duality with emotions attached. Now, I'm aware of all the arguments for the existence of good and evil, especially evil. People are much more likely to hammer off examples of evil than good and will vehemently do so whenever the subject is debated. And I know, I know. It is very easy to say that a person who risks their life by running into a burning building to save a puppy is obviously a good person, while a person who sets fire to puppies for fun is obviously an evil person. I understand that completely, and I use those terms often myself. However, the point that I'm really trying to make here is that it is necessary absolutely necessary to see these examples as situations played out in the theater that we call reality, to see it as just that, theater, meaning not real. You see, the last leg of the game is to recognize that all of this is an illusion, not some of it, not most of it, all of it. You have to first make the discovery that belief Our belief in this reality is what keeps the illusion alive. Then the next step is to remove that belief. And this isn't a half-in, half-out thing. You can't crack open the red and blue pill and take a little sip of both. That's not how this works. You have to be all in. There's no half-stepping. You can't hang on to even a piece of the illusion because it'll just drag you back in. The matrix, or whatever you want to call it, isn't that concerned even when it mostly loses your belief because it knows that as long as it holds you just a little, it can always reel you back in and then it'll drag you back down and re-immerse you into the illusion. A clean break has to be made here. Are you starting to understand a little more of what I'm trying to say now? And why do I believe this to be the case, that removing our belief in this place is so important? Well, Let me tell you a personal story, and let me note before I get started that even though my story involves the so-called Mandela effect, it's not really about that at all. Uh, Not really. It kind of is, and it kind of isn't. This is the story of how I began to come to the realization that completely removing belief in the matrix, the system, or whatever you want to call it, is the key to all of this. Now, I do talk a lot so I'll try to give you the shortest version possible. Several years ago, there was an event that happened that made global news, and I'm going to be as vague about what that event was exactly for a couple of reasons. The the main one being that I do want to stay completely out of the quote according to the official story debates. Like I said before, my intent is to approach all of this from an entirely different angle. Another reason would be that since censorship is so heavy right now, I want this information to stay out there as long as possible. The particular approach 
that I'm taking, I think that the AI is currently probably unaware of it and not looking for it. So I think we're good for a little bit. Okay, so this particular story broke and made global news. And what I noticed right away was that it was so poorly done and the premise so ridiculous that I thought that maybe it was some sort of a joke at first. You know, like maybe someone had pulled off the biggest troll on mainstream media outlets in history, something like that. Once I found out that it wasn't a joke, I really had a tough time with the fact that people were buying it at all. The weird thing was that no one around me seemed to notice the same things that I did. I'd point them out and they just shrug. Now, truthers are all too familiar with that behavior today, but at the time, that was all new to me. So I moved on and hit social media and saw that within the day, people were posting videos pointing out the numerous obvious things that were wrong with this story. Those posts were quickly scrubbed from the internet, violent content as the reason given. However, all of the original content was left up for display. Now that sent, you know, that sent up even more red flags for me. It's like they wanted you to see it, but not to refute it. Now, mind you, at this point, I had only a passing interest in the truth community. Maybe I was waking up at the time, but nothing significant until, you know, up until this moment. But this event, this event was the exact moment that I realized that there was something going on that I hadn't noticed before. Something huge deception that everyone seemed to be involved in from the highest levels of authority all the way down to the media. And because of how I was suddenly viewing the world in which I live, I consider this to be the very minute that I woke up. And it wasn't long after that that I started to notice one thing after another on the news that didn't make any sense to me. I was now suddenly seeing the world through a completely different lens. Not long after this, my son, who was a fairly new driver at the time, was involved in a severe car accident that left him in a coma for weeks. When he finally woke up, this former honor roll student now tested at a second grade level. Uh, I ended up having to live temporarily where he was hospitalized while he went through months and months of grueling therapy. Uh, he had to relearn to walk, talk, eat, everything. We also lost our home. My father's personality changed into someone that I no longer knew, and him and I quickly became estranged. My job changed so drastically that it was barely recognizable to what I'd been hired to do more than a decade earlier, and so did the jobs of everyone in the company that I worked for at the time. So much had changed, in fact, and so quickly. I mean, we're talking about days and weeks here that, as crazy as it might sound, I actually believe that I had died or something. And it's true, I've been through some shit in my life, so I'm no stranger to hardship. However, all of these things that had transpired in such a short space of time was beyond anything I imagined one person could endure. It was unfucking believable There was actually more, a lot more that went on, but I'm trying to keep this brief. Like I said, everything seemed to become so strange and so quickly that I was convinced that I must have died and this was what hell was like. I even confided in my wife at the time that I felt that the entire world had changed and I was the only one who knew it. Nothing seemed real anymore and I truly felt alone. 
Okay, so the first weird incident that happened was that my wife was telling me that while we were away, she was hearing a ton of movement upstairs in our house at night, and she'd hear noises, you know, while she was alone, even during the day when it was empty. She'd say she could clearly hear walking around up there on top of all the other noises. Honestly, I thought she'd probably gone a little stir-crazy because she was now spending so much time alone in the house. And when my son was finally released to be able to go home for some weekends, it wasn't long before all of us started to experience not only the sounds of walking and even running on one occasion, but we were all seeing shadows with human form that would peep around the corner at you. As soon as you would focus on them, they'd duck back behind the corner like they were attempting to avoid detection or something. As you can imagine, this just fueled my belief that I had died and this was just some bizarre echo of reality. The next incident was when I was sitting out in front of her house, I clearly saw a large black snake not more than six feet in front of me in the grass. I, I don't know where it came from or how it got there so fast, but I ran inside to get my, my machete and ran back outside, but the snake was already already gone by then. I wasn't in that house more than five seconds, so I hunted around the yard looking for holes. I absolutely couldn't imagine how it could have escaped so fast. It, it was bizarre. The next incident that happened was on one of the days I was able to visit my work. Now, mind you, at this point, my son and I were still staying hours away at the hospital the majority of the time. So on this one particular day back, I went outside to get some fresh air and clear my head. And one of the guys I work with drove up. He got out of his car, walked around back of it, and opened his trunk. Now, I always got a kick out of watching this guy walk because he had stubby little legs and walked kind of similar to Red Fox on Sanford and Son, and it, and it would, it, maybe it's bad, but it would kind of crack me up. I looked down at the ground for a split second and looked back up to see what he was doing, and I saw him get out of the car, walk back to the rear of the car, and open the trunk all over again. Now, this wasn't deja vu. I've had that plenty, so I know what that's like. And that chubby little fucker couldn't have possibly wobbled his way all the way back to the driver's side of his car, got back in that car, got back out, and wobbled all the way back to the trunk in the fleeting moment that I took my eyes off of him. No, I clearly saw time repeat, and it, and I'm going to be honest with you, it made me have a little panic attack. Now, I've seen and experienced some crazy shit in my life, but I have never seen anything like that before, not involving time. And these sort of events, the time loops, happen intermittently, but not frequently for the next couple of years. Then one night when I was picking my son up from work, and mind you, this is a little later in, this, in, in our story, um, and this is where he had already made a full recovery at this point and was now working at a local restaurant part-time. While I was waiting for him to come out, I watched a black lady holding a baby walk towards my car. Her and I looked at each other directly and made eye contact when she was around 10 feet from my passenger side. When she noticed I was looking at her, she smiled. She was very dark and appeared to be Jamaican or something. Just then, my son blows by her, sort of jogging to the car. He gets in, and I look around him to see if the woman was okay. To have been out in that parking lot on such a cold night by herself with a baby, I thought she must be homeless or something and might need help. But when I looked, she was gone. I freaked out and said to my son, 
where did she go? So he says, who? And I'm like, the lady. What lady, he says. Now, at this point, I'm kind of upset. I'm like, the lady, the fucking lady, the lady you almost knocked over when you were running to the car. I'm now looking in every direction trying to figure out where this woman went. And my son is looking at me like I just lost my mind. That parking lot was empty. There was more, but like I said, I'm trying to keep this as brief as possible. Sometime during this period, I started to become a little a little concerned with all of this, and so I did an internet search for these symptoms. I was really fully expecting to find something like uh, that I might be suffering from stress-induced disassociative disorder and whatever, you know, and whatever I found would reassure me that my symptoms would subside when my life settled down. But, but that's not what I found, though. Searching something to the effect of uh, getting a feeling like reality might have changed, I, I get this link for a video on the Mandela effect. I'd never heard of it, so I was like, what the fuck is that? But I, I clicked it anyway. I was At this point, I was desperate to find answers anywhere. What I was presented with was all of this shit like Berenstain Bears, Febreze, Kit Kat. The names of all this shit had apparently or supposedly changed and people were evidently trying to figure out why. What interested me most, though, was that some of the comments were of people saying that they really didn't remember what used to be spelt spelled what way, but were wanting to know what happened to them, i.e. why their life suddenly felt so strange to them. Those comments hit me because that's exactly what I was thinking. Personally, I'm extremely observant when it comes to some things, but the spellings of product names isn't anything I've much taken interest in. For the most part, I have no idea how many E's or Z's were in Febreze or whatever, or if there was a dash, a dot, a tilde, a semicolon between kit and cat. I just eat the motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? But the premise was there that so many other people felt exactly like I did and exactly at the same moment in time. It, it's, it's probably also important to note that the recommendations from that search led me to videos that were revisiting events throughout history, both current and past, that were sh showing compelling evidence that seemed to prove that these events were staged or hoaxes or whatever. Um, I did watch quite a few of them and found what I thought at this point to be a great deal of compelling evidence supporting my earlier suspicions that mankind was being duped in, in, a, in a big way. Now, the recommendation that really sticks out in my mind was a video that had a title something to the effect of 300 arguments towards a flat earth or so something like that. I actually laughed out loud and said to myself, why the fuck not? And, and I clicked it. I mean, I thought it was funny. Um, I did not expect that anyone could make such a powerful and compelling argument for something that seemed so ridiculous to me at the time. Now, just for the record, I'm not a flat earther. I believe something entirely different altogether, and we'll get into what that is at a later episode. That's for another time. The point that I'm making at, at this very moment is that my reality seemed to really be getting weirder and weirder and weirder. 
Another very important part of the story concerning what I've already mentioned that I haven't gotten to yet was uh, there were two very important things going on. One, earlier in, my son was very bad off and the prognosis was very bad. I refused to accept that and was doing everything from performing light work on him. Uh, I mean, it sounds kind of nuts, but I was even calling on my dead mother and my wife's dead brother to help my son if if they could hear me. I, everything. I pulled out all the stops. I'm not lying to you when I say that I would have sold my soul to the devil to see my son completely healed. The other thing that was going on was that, like I said, we lost our home. So I had to find another and practically broke at the time. I'm a rather strong-willed person, and I put every ounce of my focus on these two things. That's something very important to note is the amount of focus that I put on resolving these two issues in this moment in time. Well, the end result was that my son made a full recovery. His neurologist actually cried when, when he graduated and, and he showed her his final report card and his ranking in his class. In her words, quote, this just doesn't happen, end quote, meaning a final recovery from such serious injuries in such a short period of time and with no deficits. She told him he was a miracle. I also purchased a beautiful home that was strikingly similar to the house we were forced to leave, right down to my favorite tree in the front yard. And all the money that I had tied up in the old house, we got back and then some in the form of instant equity because this house was priced so far below market value. It was an opportunity that seemed to just fall out of the sky on us. So what's the point of this story? Well, this catastrophic sequence of events caused me to stumble onto such an important discovery, and I want to pass that on to you. Um, I think David Icke once said uh, something to the effect that the most important lessons we learn in life come cleverly disguised as nightmares. I believe that's what he said. And this was definitely one of those cases. What I learned was that two things happen when you remove your belief in reality. The first is that you start to see through it that there's something else going on here that we're normally unaware of, that time isn't what we think it is, that reality isn't quite as solid or as defined as we think it is. This is what I believe may have caused the so-called Mandela effect. So many people made the same discoveries that I did concerning deception around the same time, i.e. that we're being lied to about so much, and the result of so many people suddenly and simultaneously doubting what was supposedly going on in the world, they, in effect, removed the belief that is necessary to prop up the illusion. And the consequence was that what we could call the grand illusion started to crumble. Everyone was freaked out because no one in their wildest dreams could have ever imagined that they had that much power here. We've been duped into believing that we don't. I think most people are unaware, even to this day, of why it all happened. The other important thing that I learned through all of that is that once belief is taken away from the agreed-upon reality, you now have the ability 
to create miracles. It's like learning how to lucid dream. You control what happens here. You move your belief from the agreed upon reality to the one you prefer instead, and that's where real magic happens. So there have been many sources which Matt over at the Quantum of Conscience channel likes to call graduated animal farms. Sources that got us up to this point where we're at right now. A graduated animal farm, in case you're unfamiliar with the term, refers to the level of truth that a particular source of information is at. People arrive there, digest the information, then outgrow that source and move on to another at a higher level and then on to another, each one peeling away another layer of the onion. We all moved through these different channels like we were moving through grade school and took many of us just about the same amount of time. We're talking about a decade for most of us or close to it. The specific gift that these content providers gave us was not only the time and effort out of their lives and the ridicule that they endured to prove to us that we're being lied to about so many things, they woke so many of us up. And like I just said, the result of that was that because there was such an influx of people who suddenly removed their belief from what is often referred to as the system, reality began to quickly crumble, and the facade is continuing to deteriorate at an accelerated rate to this very day. Shit has gone off the rails, and so much so that even people who have never had any interest in truth-seeking are running around like crazy, pointing out all the insanity and even quoting from the book of Revelation. The funny thing is that people who criticized us over the years are now acting like we did when we made these same discoveries. They haven't been on the same journey as we have, so they're absolutely gobsmacked over what they're witnessing. There's various theories floating around as to exactly what is happening, but I believe that what is going on here is reality is deteriorating down to the point that it's revealing itself to be the dream that it truly is. That is, after all, what kept so many from buying into the reality as a dream theory, isn't it? That super insane shit only happens in dreams, right? I want to reiterate what I was saying just a minute ago. And, and I want you to listen to me close. You did that. You. Do you realize that? Human consciousness has that much power that even such a tiny community of rejects from, quote, normal society, the people that everyone ridiculed, walked straight up to the game of life and flipped the fucking table and had no idea at the time that that's what they were actually doing. They had no clue and yet turned the world on its head. We all should applaud the truth community because you deserve just as much credit as the truthers who inadvertently empowered you with their investigative work. Now, you've come so far. This is no time to stop and rest. Not now. You've got your foot on the neck of the beast. Now, now that you know what human consciousness is actually capable of, it's time to finish the job. For this occasion, let me pick two stories from the Bible. The first is the story of David and Goliath, and the second is the ending part of the story of Jesus. 
Now, you'll often hear me refer to stories from the Bible, but I'm not a Christian. Well, probably not the version most of you are familiar with anyway. We'll revisit that subject at a later time, but anyway, back to our stories. Now, remember in episode two that I told you that all of these stories are about you? They're all about your consciousness. So David, David, whose name in Hebrew means beloved, faced off with a terrifying giant named Goliath. The first part of Goliath's name, Gol, implies a sphere and refers to the skull. Now, what did David do? He put a stone in his sling and struck Goliath in the head, in his skull. David then took Goliath's own sword and cut off his head, his skull. So this story is attempting to draw your attention to the skull and specifically what's going on inside it and how that needs to be conquered and controlled. So what could this possibly have to do with the story of Jesus? Well, in the story, Jesus was all about not having faith or belief in the material and taught instead to focus your faith elsewhere. In the story, he was ultimately crucified on a hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull. You are David and Jesus, and you have to conquer the nightmare that is currently festering within human consciousness. Okay, I know some of you are probably thinking, eh, so a couple of stories in the Bible made passing references to someone's head, but if that was the main focus of the Bible, it should probably be the first thing mentioned, right? Challenge accepted. So let's take a look at the very first sentence of the Bible to see what it says. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the heavens and the earth here are implying everything that is. In Hebrew, that's Bereshith, Bara Elohim, Eta, Shamem, Ba'at Haaretz. The very first word of the Torah, the Bible as a whole, is Bereshith, usually translated as in the beginning. Something important to note here is that it's said that the entire Torah is contained in the very first word of the Torah. Now, that sounds like a crazy claim, right? That's just shy of 80,000 Hebrew words, that the entire early history of mankind is contained in just one six-letter Hebrew word. That's insane. Well, we're going to have to take a good look at this word and see what's up. Badashith is translated as ba in, and rashit, the top of something. The root of the word rashit is resh. Resh, both the 20th letter of the Hebrew alphabet and a word, means, can you guess what it means? Head. The head. Yeah, so the very first sentence of the Bible really could be read, within God's head, all there is, was created. Are you starting to get the picture? I'm knocking and I'm coming in. Now back to the good and evil thing before we wrap this up. Some of the things that I say are going to piss you off. I told you that I'm going to be making some bold statements and some of it will turn you off, but I hope none of it turns you away. 
some of you will undoubtedly react to the things that I say in very much the same way as the people who you yourself were attempting to wake up at one time. They got angry with you. They clammed up and walked away because the information that you were pushing in front of them made them uncomfortable. They desperately wanted to hang on to reality as they understood it. Don't be like them. Not now. You guys have come so far. Some of you have come to the realization that 50% of what goes on here is not real. Some 70%, some 90 You have to look back through your journey and recognize that because the percentage has increased over time, that must mean that the goal must inevitably be 100%. Now, I want you to be wary of all information that's set before you even what comes from me, but don't reject it until you've investigated what I'm telling you. Ask yourself, how much of the illusion am I hanging on to? And this is work that I think you all have to do on your own. I'm not sure if there's another level of graduated animal farm that you have to reach and pass through after this. I can't imagine there is, but none of us thought that there was anything beyond exposing all of the hoaxes and lies that have brought us this far. So I don't know what's beyond this. I can't fathom that right now. I will say this, though. It does appear that our journey has brought us right to the very edge of the abyss. I think this is where we have to take a leap or turn and go back home. I may not have gotten you with the first two episodes, but I have got to be starting to pique your interest at this point. We have a lot more to cover, and there is a lot more coming. So until the next time... Really contemplate how much of the illusion are you hanging on to. Check out my first two episodes if you haven't already, and I will see you in the next one.